Hey, what's up everybody? Welcome to Mastermind.fm. Your hosts today are Ninja James Laws and myself, Jean Galea from WP Mayor and WP RSS Aggregator. Today we're going to be having a chat between us about something that has been on my mind. But before we get into that, let's have a short break for our sponsor. This episode has been brought to you by SiteGround. A number of SiteGround's users find out about their exceptional WordPress hosting service thanks to people like you, WordPress professionals whom your friends and audience turn to for a trusted opinion. The demand for a reliable, well-supported, and high-performing hosting partner is ever-growing. Even if you're not looking for hosting services yourself, your followers, clients, or contacts might be. SiteGround offers top-notch hosting infrastructure with a complete set of WordPress management and developer tools. You can benefit from recommending a quality hosting service, make some extra income for the effort, and keep the trust of your audience. On average, WordPress consultants, theme, or plugin developers can earn $125 per referral as SiteGround affiliates without being professional marketers. SiteGround offers one of the shortest hold periods, sends payments every week, and works hands-on with their most committed partners. So join their affiliate program now. SiteGround, your trusted hosting partner. To learn more, visit SiteGround.com forward slash mastermind. Welcome back. Um, today, we're going to be discussing different styles of entrepreneurship. So this is the end of year review that I usually do every year. So while doing this review, I kind of was thinking about what I want to do next year. And coincidentally, I also have a Facebook group. Uh, it's called Malta Digital Nomads. And it's for digital nomads, obviously, who are based in Malta or coming to Malta. And this discussion arose where this Canadian couple was asking whether they should come to Malta in winter. And they've, they're currently in Chiang Mai and they were asking whether there's a, a nice community here in Malta and then there's this discussion that ensued and people are saying that on one part there's a lot of community and then the other kind of it was split between in the middle so some parts were saying that there is community others were saying there is not and the big difference that uh, I see between the two kinds of people where some of them were startup entrepreneurs and the other were real digital nomads and lifestyle entrepreneurs. And so for the startups, there is a community, but there isn't one for the nomads kind of people. And so this also got me thinking about what, which kind of person I am and what I want to do next year. So next year, I decided that I'd like to try my hand at being really becoming really good at paddle, which is a sport that I got into last year while spending a few months in Barcelona. So right now I'm in Malta and I'm moving to Barcelona in January next year. And I want to try this, you know, experience Experiment, which might completely fail but I'd like to be a good player and paddle and that will require me to say train very hard and regularly say a few hours a day on the sport and that means that I have less time to spend on my businesses which also means then that maybe my style of entrepreneurship is different to yours James and that's kind of what we wanted to dis discuss today and see how if anything our styles differ and perhaps other entrepreneurs out there can associate with one or other yeah i think uh you know i think when we talk about this the term that we constantly hear about is lifestyle business like entrepreneurs are starting a, a you know are you starting a lifestyle business or are you just starting a, a business <laughs> like a business business mm -hmm. um and i and maybe it's my maybe i misunderstand what people mean when they say lifestyle business so i'm i'm going to define the term as best as i understand it and usually what they mean is your business is there to support your lifestyle not the other way around right like it the idea is to have a business that fits and lets you do the things that you want to pursue and enjoy in life 
And my argument to that is, if I if that is what people mean when they say lifestyle business, my argument to that is that's what every entrepreneur is trying to do. Every entrepreneur is trying to start a business that supports the lifestyle they want to live. Now, some of us like to work and like to be in business, and, and that is our hobby, if you will, that our joy is in solving problems within businesses and starting new things and, and, and seeing if we can make them scale to the point where they can sustain themselves and sustain a team around them. Uh, and others like yourself, like want to pursue other things like uh, to become a, and I'm not going to even say it because every time I say it, you tell me I'm saying it wrong, even though it sounds like we're saying the same thing to me. Um, but, uh, they want to pursue something different. Like that's not necessarily directly related to their business. And that's awesome. That's not necessarily one person is doing a lifestyle business and one person isn't. It's just that your end goal is not necessarily to work day to day in a business with a team constantly your end goal is to do something else and that's okay so i guess there's a difference between do you want to be a as an entrepreneur are you trying to start something that you are going to be actively involved in or do you want to start something that you can start and then walk away from at least mostly so that it can run on its own without you uh and i think that may be where some of the difference is i still think that we should you know kind of unwrap this lifestyle business term a bit a bit more and in my in my view having traveled to these especially Chiang Mai and other digital nomads hotbeds you know the, the, what I see recurring in these kind of people is that they actually most people actually go to say Chiang Mai with a lifestyle in mind without having any idea what business they'll do so basically they say I'm gonna go to say Thailand I'm, I'm gonna travel I want to eat out every day I'm gonna live in this kind of lifestyle this tropical lifestyle and I want to find some kind of business that will sustain and give me income to sustain that lifestyle and basically enable me to live in Thailand for as long as possible. And so that's the difference I see between that and say startup founders or startup founders are super focused on the product or the, the problem that they want to solve in the world. And they, they're ready to dedicate their whole waking hours and even more, you know, sleep four hours a day if necessary and really go for it for a number of years at least. And that's that's a big difference, you know, because even though you say, yeah, everybody's trying to sustain a lifestyle. But I think the, the sense of priority is hugely different between people who define themselves as digital nomads or lifestyle entrepreneurs and, you know, normal business owners or startup founders. I think that's the biggest difference here. I think that's not untrue. I I mean, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. I, I think of some conversations that I've had at some conferences with various people who they actually downsized their team mm -hmm. and actually got rid of their staff. And yes, they said we can do less business, but that's the life we want to live right now. Yeah. And so I think that's more in line with what, you, what you're kind of talking about is, is, is a lot of people are going in saying, listen, I'm not looking to employ a bunch of people and manage people and do all this stuff. I, just, I'm, I'm, I want to live this lifestyle and I'll do whatever it takes, whatever work I can that needs to be done and probably as little as possible to sustain this lifestyle because it's the life I want to live. And I think that's that's totally awesome if that's the, the thing you want to pursue. And I think my life has been, I think it comes back down from my background in pastoring a church. And my life has always been poured into other people in almost every every avenue that I have ever worked in. So when I started a business, I did it 
with some sense of a mentality that I was going to hire staff and try to give them a great lifestyle. Like, how could I build a team that loves what they're doing and loves the job that they have? And and my life investment, why I get up every morning, isn't just to make money for me or for my business partner, but it's also to set the business on a course that can give my team the lifestyle they want, their lifestyle, if you will, their lifestyle business, their lifestyle vocation. Um, so my so my pursuit isn't, I think that's in difference too, right? Like, because my pursu- pursuit isn't, it, the business doesn't matter. The product that I sell doesn't necessarily matter. It's about building something that's successful that the team can be proud of and right. have the life they want to live, that they're able to buy their first home for some of them. As a matter of fact, some of them right now are in the process of buying their first homes that might not have been possible had they not been working in this business. And so that's exciting for me that we have paved a way and opened up opportunities for them to live a lifestyle that they might not have otherwise had the opportunity to live, at least not for a long time down the road. Uh, That's awesome, obviously, but I don't see that as being something that cannot be done by a lifestyle entrepreneur. As a matter of fact, most lifestyle entrepreneurs I know, when they do come up with a business idea or a product, they really dive into it and work very hard on it and build teams. And, you know, they, they love their teams and everything's uh, focused on the team as much as the product. So I don't think that's uh, the main difference between the two styles. Um, what I do see the difference maybe is that willingness to either sell the business eventually or take a backseat in the running of the day-to-day business, which would give them time to, say, be offline for weeks at a time, you know. And that's something that other business owners might be reluctant be reluctant to do or never get to build the processes that will enable that kind of uh, hands-off um, way of managing the business. Yeah, I think... I mean, I, I, you know, obviously I can't speak for every business owner, um, but I can, I can use myself as an example. Uh, you know, we're, we have a business. I'm very involved in the day-to-day operation of the business. I manage quite a bit of it. I administrate a bunch of it. I run a team. But I'm also grooming people to take over portions of that business so that I can be more hands-off. But that's not – and strangely, that's not so that I can I, – I would say it's not so that I can do something else – it's for them. It's for their growth and their development. I want them to be better. And they're not going to be better unless they're challenged, unless they're learning, unless they're growing, unless they're being stretched beyond their normal, um, you know, everyday tasks and capacity. And so part of me is just is in development. I, You know, you talk about the lifestyle business and, you you know, being able to, you know, pouring into the business and they love their teams. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not doubting that, obviously. But from my perspective, it's like, because I love my team, I want to be around them more, I guess, is kind of my perspective. It's like, I obviously can't, I can't deny that some, like, I can't make the claim that somebody else doesn't love their team as much as I love my team. Like, I can't make that claim. But like, I want to be around my team. Like, I want to be in the office eight hours a day, because these are my friends. Like, and I, and, and by that, let me say, I'm probably a terrible owner and a terrible boss because every single employee I have is like a dear close friend to me. Like I I would do anything for them. And so I blur the lines between friendship and boss all the time because I love them all. But so for that, for that respect, I'm probably a terrible manager and a terrible owner and whatever the case may be. But 
that being said, like I want to be around them. And so I, I would have a hard time going out and pursuing anything else because that would take me away from the team and I want to be with the team. Yeah. And for anyone listening, we're still kind of exploring if there is a significant difference between our two styles of managing or thinking about business. And perhaps the conclusion will be that there isn't that much of a significant difference. And so this is just an exploration that we're, we're doing in this episode. Um, yeah, I, I, w- yeah. I would say I wonder if the difference isn't really even in like entrepreneur type of entrepreneur type of business. But really what we're just talking about is different types of personalities. I mean, people are different. And so you could you could line up 10 different you know, entrepreneurs and 10 different businesses, and they could all be completely different. And they could all be classified as lifestyle businesses, or they could all be classified as business businesses, or however you want to. And they may, and each person may love their team differently. And I was listening to a podcast the other day where, like, the guy sounds like a complete and total ass. Like, he's just like, I want it my way. And I don't, there's no debate and there's no fun. We don't have fun in this office. We work. That's what we do in this office. We work. And I'm, and I'm listening to it going, I would hate to work for you. And, and obviously, uh, if that's what your employees like, they would hate to work for me because that's just not the kind of business that I run. So I just, it I just think it has to do so much with, with personalities of the entrepreneur and the business owner and the personalities of the team and the culture that they bring around them and i just think it's i think it's hard to label that as just a type of business and i mean even the fact that you've chosen to have an office and a location dependent business and i've chosen to go totally remote that's saying something also about our individual personalities as well and what we want outside what we want from the business itself and Maybe in your case, it's uh, having a family outside, a second family kind of, which is what I've seen when I've I visited your office and it's awesome. And in my case, perhaps fulfillment and, you know, I'm not seeking that kind of friendship within my business, even because in general, I don't really have this kind of close friendship that necessitates, you know, updating every day. It's like more of travel. For me, it's all always about travel, meeting new people, really getting into deep relationships for, you know, a number of months and then moving on. Always that kind of nomad lifestyle in, in a way. And uh, also not being tied to any particular location either in terms even of culture. So I see myself as almost not having any nationality because it's more of a mix of all the experiences I've had throughout my six, seven years of traveling and doing business on the go. Yeah. And, and actually, I mean, I, I don't I, correct me if I'm wrong, but in, actually in your business and people that work for you, your employees, a lot of them anyway, are actually your family, aren't they? Like they are or at least in some way related or, or connected to you. So you've already got that in, like, you don't need to build that connection by being close to each other in proximity, necessarily. You have that. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's, uh, not only family nowadays. We have... Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> that was an oversimplification, <laughs> but... But, uh, I mean, also, we're, we're very close. Even when we meet, we, you know, we're close because most of them are based in Malta, actually, so coming from a similar background, similar ages. And, you know, th- there is this kind of kindred spirit as well. But even when I speak to them and I tell them, like, what would you think if we had to have an office? And they're all like, 
no, thank you. I want to work at home. I want to work, you know, in silence or be able to go out when I want, come back in, you know. So they want this flexibility. And uh, that's also part of the company's culture, obviously, because you cannot put such people in an office and expect them to be as productive as people who actually want to be in an office. Yeah, and... You know, I, I think I'm of the opinion, right, People, te- a team that has fun together, a team that plays together, a team that jokes together, tends to be more productive together in the long run. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, but it is. It's, it's, just, it's just a different culture. If you have a bunch of people who are, you know, of, the, of themselves used to being by themselves and working by themselves, well, putting them, it's like taking a bunch of introverts and throwing them in a room together and making them be social. You're just, yeah. you're just causing them pain. You're not really helping them. Um, so yeah, you want to help people who, and, and granted, now a bunch of our team are introverts, but I think because of the culture we've created, it helps them find that, I guess, that extra extroverted side of themselves, a safe place for them to be kind of extroverted and find and be empowered by that. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's, you know, different people and you can't necessarily force people into um, a, a model that doesn't work for them. And I think you hire based on that, right? So when you hire, you're hiring people who are self-motivated, self-sustaining, um, and tend to like to work alone. Where when I hire somebody, I'm looking for somebody who gets the the team culture and gets that I'm not just asking them to be a part of our business. I'm asking them to be a part of our family, which means, you know, I want you to be willing to take a bullet for anyone on this team. And that may be a metaphorical bullet, right? But I always joke, I, I, we, something I always tell the team is always take the blame, but always pass the, the credit, right? Like when something goes well, praise someone else, like pass the praise. But if something goes wrong, be willing to just take the bullet, whether it was you or not. Just say, you know what? That was my fault. I, that was my miscommunication. That was my failure. I didn't pass that information along. You know, take that for the team. And if everyone does that, there is this kind of energy that that comes from that, and so yeah, so that's and so we hire for that, right? We hire, we look for people that fit into that 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 mold. Yeah, I love that. I'm gonna write it down and stick <laughs> it somewhere. <laughs> well, you know, actually, you know, I'm gonna use our podcast as a perfect example, right? Because uh, you and I, we have conversations off, you know, in our Slack group about Mastermind.fm and and responsibilities and getting things done. And a little while back, I dropped the ball fairly big. Um, just miscommunication and everything. And John, who does our production, is actually a staff member now of ours. And he kind of stepped in and kind of played off, played defense for me, and just tried to take some of the brunt and and brunt of it and say, "Oh, I I I could have I didn't see that or blah blah blah," and just tried to. That was, but see, that was a perfect example of a team member who I never who I, the, the thing I love about him is that I didn't teach him to take a bullet past the praise, right? I didn't I didn't teach him that. He just that's who he is. And that's why he's on this team now because that's who he is. He gets it. Like he gets it so it's so much a part of his being that like we hired him even though we didn't have a position for him because we for him it was a perfect example of hiring the person instead of the position. We we're like we want you. And so we're just going to make room for you because you get it. And so that, that's kind of that example. Yep. All right. So and, and WordPress itself, you know, the world of WordPress has given us the opportunity to be any kind of entrepreneur we need. And that's why we get to see so much diversity within the space. I mean, going to WordCamps, you'll see all kinds of companies, all kinds of individuals, you know, living in, and having so 
completely different lifestyles, whereas in other areas, it's not so common to have this huge diversity. I don't know if you've noticed it yourself, but I'm cert- I've certainly noticed that, you know, through especially these word camps and other events. Yeah, I think... So, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say it's exclusive. I mean, I know the WordPress community better than I know any other community. So it's easier yeah. to say that, right? Like it seems very noticeable that, and, and, and in some, in some cases I see it from a staff, a staff perspective, it's a little disappointing because you see the average attrition rate, like the, the turnover of developers is what, two years on average. And that's depressing as all get out for me because of course of the type of team I'm trying to build. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if my developers turned over every two years, it'd break my heart. Like these are my yeah. family. I'd be losing, I can't, I can't lose family members every two years. That doesn't work for me. Um, so maybe I'm a little, you know, pie in the sky trying to make this like utopian business but i mean i don't I, I when i hire somebody i want it to be the last place they ever work like i don't want them ever going anywhere else if i can help it like that's just that's my motivation but you're right as an entrepreneur you can do in, in the wordpress space you can do anything whether regardless of whether you're wanting to sell a product or do a service or you know build themes and sell them on theme forest i mean you can do anything that you want to do and you can do it anywhere you want to do it, and you can do it with anyone you want to do it. And so it really does kind of open up the doors for people to explore. And I would say, when you, especially if you're younger, I'm, I'm not young enough to do this anymore, but if when you're younger and you don't know what you want to do, experiment, like try out different things, move to different places, connect with different people, experiment with products, experiment with business models, experiment like crazy because uh, you, you're only young once. So enjoy it. Find what works because you may be surprised. You may find out something about yourself that you didn't know just by trying some of these opportunities that are available to us in the WordPress space. Totally agreed. So I don't know. Have we kind of cleared this a bit more or... Are we still going or beating about the bush? What do you feel? Because <laughs> I'd like to, <laughs> no. I'd like, ideally, my, my aim was to have our listeners really identify with one of these roles. And perhaps the answer, as, as we mentioned in the beginning, was that there aren't such fixed one or another, like two roles that are totally different. It's more the graying between them, you know, and it's fading between one end and the other. Yeah, I think I think that I think you you nailed it right there. It's it's going to be hard for any listener to 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 listen to these these ideas and say, "Oh, I'm absolutely A or I'm absolutely B." Um because what they may find out is they are, you know, Y and it, which is completely different and and some sort of weird hybrid of, you know, A through X. Like you just it's really hard to to, to pick that. I think what you really do have to determine from an entrepreneur standpoint, though, is what is success for you? What, what can you walk away with and saying, if I was able to live this lifestyle, then I will have succeeded in my entrepreneurial endeavors. And whatever that looks like, and that may be different for everybody. For you, John, like that may be becoming a professional, um, I'm not going to say it, Paddle, paddle player i don't know i yeah I, I it sounds the same to me anyway it may be becoming a professional paddle player uh, and for me it may just be constantly pouring into teams around products and businesses and and helping them cultivate those lives and and having that energy of a team around me 
I just don't, I think you just have to determine what is success for you. I, I, I think we had a podcast a while back when you interviewed the team, uh, my team here in office. And one of the things, one of the points that, that I said was, I want, you know, 15, 20 years from now, I want to gather my team together and say, look at what we built together. Look at the lives we've had. Remember, you know, remember the families that were started in this, fa- in this, in this office, like that, you know, when, remember when so-and-so got married and had their first kid and remember this, you know, we did this at this Christmas party and we had this gathering and remember this cookout and when we all rented boats and just went out on the lake and like, and then look at the business we built and the lifestyles we've created. Look at it. And this is the family. And, you know, I'm just glad that we're all here together. That to me, that's success. That's what I'm building. That's what I'm going after. Now, I will never be a professional athlete. <laughs> um, I will probably never be. I love magic and sleight of hand magic. I will probably never perform a magic trick for you. It's just an internal thing that I like. But that to me is success. And so that's what I'm looking to create for my business. Yeah, I love this idea of defining success for you as a person. And each one of us should actually seek time out to de- decide what success looks for looks like for them. And, you know, for many years I've been traveling and people who have been, you know, friends with me and see my Facebook updates, they always, they're liking and sharing and always saying, hey, I'm jealous because you're there and there. The thing that's on the... The real side kind of it is that there's a lot of anxiety involved because you're you're traveling and traveling consumes a lot of time. And so you're seeing, uh, you're building a business because I was, you know, taking the business seriously and trying to make the best business I can. And on the other side, you're seeing people who are really working hard, you know, they have their offices or, you know, they're really focusing and, you know, you feel like you're going to Thailand, to Mexico, whatever, you know, and if you start feeling this anxiety about, is it really, am I really wasting my opportunities, wasting my talent? And um, so this is, kind of me finally coming to terms with who I am as a person and therefore what success looks like for me. And it's also something that changes through the years. I'm sure you know it uh, more than me that like in your 20s, success can be one thing. In your 30s, it may be totally different. 40s, it's a different story. And so even through the last number of years, I've tried to spend more time with people who are older than me and ask them this question, you know, like, what did you wish that you did better in your 20s or 30s? And, you know, why, why did you think... Why do you think you acted in a certain way and with hindsight you would act differently? And this theme that kind of is recurring is that in their 20s and 30s, many of these people never took the time to really define what success looked like for them, you know, and they were just following what others are expecting of them or what society is expecting of them and, you know, pushing hard without actually achieving what they really wanted as individuals. And I've seen some really burnt out people, you know, in their 40s or 50s who never really achieved what they wanted. And perhaps for some of them, now they they were too old to achieve what they wanted to achieve. And so this got me thinking that, you know, yes, I have this anxiety, but at least I'm thinking about what I want and and I'm getting to terms with uh, what my personality is like. And finally then 
translating that into business and life goals that I can implement. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Like I feel, you know, it's funny. I You talk about age and, and learning things throughout the ages and your priorities change. You know, I'm 41. I feel like an old man in this game, like in the tech space and being an entrepreneur at 41. I, fe- I feel like an old man in the space. And I see all these kids coming behind us and doing these awesome things. And, and I'm proud of them and I'm jealous of them. And I'm like, you know, like I think it's really neat. But here's the thing. The younger you are, the less you know what's really important. I mean, it's yeah. just a fact of life. Like you just don't know what's important until you get some more years under your belt. And then you start to realize that's why if you would take the moment to listen to people who are older you than you, they will tell you every time how out of focus you are and how you're missing the bigger picture. Um, and we, we should be listening to that. And, and, yeah. you know, at, at 40, I realize how wise, uh, you know, those who are 50 and 60 and 70 years old are. Um, but you know, 20 years ago, I would have thought they were full of it. Like I had it all figured out. And so, yeah, and like in my case, some of my favorite conversations I have are with my 92-year-old grandmother. So, you know, I just go there and spend hours just, you know, talking because I get so much insight, you know. And she wasn't ever involved in business or anything, but the insight you get from somebody who's like 60 years older than you, those 60 years of experience, it's it's amazing, you know. And I think I think there's something to be said, and, and maybe this isn't true of everyone, mm-hmm. But I think there's something to be said that when, as you get older, you start to realize how much time you actually wasted on things that were not important. That's really what it comes down to. Older, I, I mean, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to frame all older people as having just a life full of regret. But let's be honest: the older you are, the more regret you have because mm-hmm. the more you realize you squandered opportunities. Um, God bless, right? The younger individual who gets it early and prioritizes and focuses early and builds a life for themselves. You know, the person who starts saving at a young age and builds up so that when they they can retire earlier, so that they can take care of their family, that they can do the things that they would not otherwise be able to do. I didn't learn that until it was too late. And so now I'm still building for my retirement. I'm still building to make sure my family is taken care of. Uh, and I kind of, I'm a little behind the curve. And I, so I, I love the WordPress space because I get excited at all these people who are far, far younger than me who don't even realize how much opportunity they have if they will listen, if they will just listen. <laughs> yeah. And I'm at the age at 32. I'm, I'm at the age where I'm, I'm finally starting to see, be able to look backwards and ahead of me you know like people who are younger and older and before it was just you know this 20 year old guy who's even when you go to word camps you know you're always like the youngest doing something cool and now i'm i feel this shift you know and i'm seeing the 20 year olds and they're coming up with amazing businesses they're really pushing hard you know and so there's this element of say wow like they're really good you know i never i was like where was my mind at 20 you know and uh, <laughs> i love what you said though because even like my grandma um what i love about her is that she hasn't grown into this grumpy old woman and and, and on the opposite she's always very interested you know in knowing about the lives of the young people you know us her her grandsons and granddaughters and even outside when she goes out and meets young people she always like wants to stop them and learn about their lives and it's kind of like you know it's living continuously living through another life you know through, through these young people and talent and that's why having a team where you can really be proud of your younger people on your team and you know keep infuse your energy in them that's 
I don't want to say that it's like living through them, but it is kind of reinvigorating that you're seeing your talents and energy poured into a younger person. I think that's also why you get so much satisfaction from your team as well. Well, yeah, I think in a lot of ways with a team, the way I look at it, you know, I'm I'm still a new father. My son is two and a half years old, but you know, every child, every parent lives a little vicariously through their child in some way. They want their their child to have a better life than they had. They want them to start early. Like I didn't learn properly good saving techniques and thinking about how money can compound and you can take care of yourself if you just do small things now. Well, I'm going to instill that in my son because I want him to learn what I didn't learn and I'm going to do my best to, to train him up. But I see that with my team as well. I mean, you know, most of my team are millennials, right? Mm-hmm. And they have a very specific perspective on life. But I do... I think like what you said is, yeah, I'm not necessarily living through them, but I'm excited to be able to help them succeed in areas that I know they don't realize how much opportunity they actually have. So it's exciting when I see them buying a house and having their first child and and being able to go through that process with them. It's really exciting to be a part of. I do feel better, honestly, after having this discussion. And this is why what masterminds are for, you know, to really discuss things and different perspectives. And if I have to give a book book recommendation now that I'm remembering, I was also um, lately reading Status Anxiety by Alain de Botton. And also talks about, you know, like how we're influenced by what other people are doing. And we're always getting anxious about our status in society or even in the WordPress space, you know, whether we're doing enough or there we can compete with the that other superstar, you know. And uh, you know, it's it's mostly I, I love what you said, you know, defining success for yourself, being very, very aware of what your talents are, but also what you want out of life and everything that you do should work towards that not what other people are doing or what their ideas are about how you should live and what i'm excited about is to see you in your first televised paddle tennis game i won't promise anything <laughs> <laughs> i think no, i'm excited for you i think it's fun to, to learn something new to take on a new challenge that's exciting i mean that's the entrepreneurial spirit anyway i mean it may not be starting a business but it's starting something brand new and learning everything that there is to know about it and like the because it's not just on a court it's it's in the books it's in the training it's in the like all of that it's an exciting new adventure and so i'm excited for you to try it and i'm excited to see uh, how it goes Thank you. And I think we can therefore wrap up this episode on that note. And uh, I'll give you an update, I guess, in a few months time on how this is going. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Anyway, so last time we also mentioned that we're thinking about opening a Facebook group for members of, uh, you know, people who, who listen to this podcast and want to discuss things further. And we're still waiting for more feedback from you guys. And so if you have any feedback, please send us an email on podcast at mastermind.fm or you can also contact us individually at James Laws on Twitter or at Jean Galea. And we also have our own at mastermind.fm Twitter handle. Um, what else, James? You've got, uh, I don't know if you have any reviews this this week. I guess not. But I haven't um, looked at it. While you look that up, I'll just say this. If you do yeah. enjoy mastermind.fm, 
head on over to iTunes, leave us a review, let us know how awesome we are or how poorly spoken we are. Either way, we'll accept it. But no, we'd love to hear feedback. We love it when people, uh, we just had somebody leave a comment recently just saying uh, from Steven, who's just kind of said, hey, just learned a lot from the episode with Chris Lemma. Uh, So it's always nice to hear that feedback. So whether you leave us a five-star review or leave a comment on one of the episodes, let us know what you got out of it. If there's something, if you want to pull out a a specific thing, we love hearing that because that's something that's shared with the community as a whole or if you just want to say hey i really got i really love this episode and it impacted me we love hearing that as well so you know head over to itunes leave us a review head over to the website mastermind.fm and leave us a comment we'd love to hear from you and we do have another five-star review from jakey jackie dalia and jackie says insightful a beacon of positivity and says love the conversational style and chemistry between james and john such an inspiring podcast packed with insight for any business owner that's a very nice comment from you jackie thanks so much for tuning into this podcast and for giving us the feedback we need so much and we encourage others to just give us feedback whether good or bad we don't really mind we just want to grow this podcast that we're doing and give you something that's more useful over time and i guess uh, that's it for today james yeah that's it uh really had fun this is a great conversation we hope to see you next time see you next time guys ninja forms minimalist presentation unparalleled modular design and limitless extendability a mighty form builder that seeks to ensure your needs are met Together with effortless WordPress integrations, an arsenal of supported extensions, and instant updates, you'll be hard-pressed in finding a more rewarding way to accomplish your form-building goals. Rest easy knowing unmatched documentation and an eager team of support ninjas await. Providing you the best tools, service, and resources, NinjaForms vows to be the plug-in that has your back. Swords optional. Get started now at NinjaForms.com. NinjaForms. We make forms look easy.